Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus, I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Foo News Media. Uh, I think you probably know the spiel by now, we are in the midst of the coronavirus uh, crisis, and over the coming days and weeks, we are going to be sharing several conversations with restaurant industry professionals about how to tackle these challenges posed by this, uh, and really creative solutions and practical tips for getting your business through this, uh, keeping afloat, and even thriving as we hopefully uh, bottom out sometime soon and then uh, move past the coronavirus season. Uh, we have all of this content up online as well, qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. Again, qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. You can get all of the news and headlines um, that we are posting there about the coronavirus and how businesses are getting by. And you can also email me, sam, at qsrmagazine.com. Uh, just if you want to talk, if you want, uh, if you think you're a, a good conversation for this podcast or know somebody else who might be, uh, would love for, love to hear from you, sam at qsrmagazine.com. Uh, the conversation now I'm going to roll into is with Christine Specht. She is the CEO of Cousins Subs, a, uh, a franchise chain with uh, that's been around for almost 50 years, primarily based in Wisconsin. Christine's father started the chain, and um, now she is leading it uh, in this uh, crazy time. She has some good tips on how to lead a franchise chain through this. We really talked a lot about communication. I think that's uh, um, some some really interesting practical tips from her about how to communicate with your franchisees, how to communicate with your team, how to communicate uh, with your customers in the time of coronavirus. So again, uh, this is a conversation with Cousin Sub CEO Christine Specht. Christine, thank you for taking some time today. I'm sure you're really busy trying to navigate everything that's going on. Tell me a little bit about what the last two weeks has looked like for Cousins. Well, things have changed dramatically uh, in the last couple of weeks, and we can certainly spend some time talking about that, Sam. But thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the business and yeah. uh, maybe talk about some of the things that we're doing and uh, maybe that can help other people as they're navigating through these really uncharted waters. So, yeah. you know, when we heard about the coronavirus and, and what was happening when it was overseas, you know, and you're hearing more about it and you're thinking and we're being told it's coming this way. And then and then all of a sudden, you know, we see the kind of the wave hits. Right. And yeah. last week, Saturday, I think was that first. That's at least that's the date that we started tracking, um, you know, impact on sales and impact just on staffing in stores. And and it's really all hands on deck at this point. So you know, we were having a great year <laughs> and yeah. now we're having a different year. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really obviously unprecedented, but I mean, you've been in this industry a long time. Obviously you've got this family run business that you grew up in. Is there any way you can prepare for this? I mean, in, in all of your years in this industry, do you ever think through what happens in terms of crisis? You know, we, we, we've talked about, or we, when we think about crises, we, it's like, we think about, what if there's a class action lawsuit or what if there's, you know, major, a major downturn in sales uh, and, and major downturn in sales, meaning let's stress test our plan by 5%, right? Or 7%. Yeah. So when it's numbers that reach 30%, you want, you really can't, I don't think, prepare for this, for this type of of situation that we have, but right. in a way, I think you, you can prepare, or at least you can get a sense of who's going to handle 
the, the challenge well, right? And for example, you know, who likes process? Who likes clear communication? And, you know, as I think about my leadership team and, and um, you know, with creative decision-making and creative budgeting, you know, it's, it's, I'm really seeing the strengths that my leadership team, that I knew that they possessed already, but now they're really like on fire with it, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're really utilizing kind of, the best assets and and the best skills that they have for something that none of us really saw coming. Right, right. Talking about preparedness, um, you know, it seems like I know I know cousins. You guys have gone through this really great brand evolution over the last couple of years, and you've followed through with some of the off premises trends, just like many other brands. And it really seems like I mean, the industry is probably better prepared for this now than ever before. Do you feel like some of these uh, evolutions you guys have gone through for the last couple of years maybe soften the blow a little bit? Uh, it certainly has enabled our ability to be responsive in a very short amount of time. And what I mean by that is I'm grateful that we have a uniform point of sale system that has been kind of implemented throughout our system. You know, we launched that, gosh, it's probably three, three years ago now. And we, and, and at the time that it was launched, we, we had a, we had four different point of sale systems operating. So data was skewed. We didn't, not everybody was on the same platform. And so that was one area that we felt we really needed to make sure we had total alignment. And so over the course of these years, and certainly with corporate support, meaning that we put in, uh, we financed the uh, the hardware for it. And then there are now ongoing software costs that our operators and our stores take on. But we really wanted to partner with our franchisees and say, all right, we're going to get the hardware in there. We need your support in the software and we need to work together to make sure it's the best system that we can have. Well, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we did that. We did a uniform point of sale system because, again, we wanted uniform data. We wanted really to be able to make better decisions, right? But as I think about it today, thank goodness we have a uniform point of sale system because of things like we can more easily adjust our business operations as needed. So when there are, um, you know, potential menu changes or when there's things like we're at, we added curbside pickup, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, in recent years, we, we've, we've been adding third party delivery, right? So these things had our technology not been where it it is today, those things would have been much more difficult to implement. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we were, that we had the foresight to do it for the right reason. But now that we really have this situation, it makes it that much more impactful. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of brands have, in short order, brought off-premises really online, and other brands have kind of evolved their strategy around off-premises. I mean, really, the whole industry collectively, you know, at first switched to um, contact-free delivery, and then everybody started, you know, jumping onto the the delivery-free and carry-out even before the dining rooms kind of got officially closed by by government bodies. What have you guys done to evolve the cousin's service model? If anything, is there anything you've been doing to evolve how are you your how you're getting your food to your customers? Right. So first and foremost, we comply with whatever the local, state, or national mandates are, right? So I mean mm-hmm. that's just we're not we don't want to risk 
the business because we are operating in a silo. So we're following the, the law, following the mandates. They're not always crystal clear. There's always a lot of questions. So we are working very closely with the Wisconsin Restaurant Association, which has been tremendous in providing us clarity on some of those uh, mandates when they come out, just to make sure that we are following. So what we've mm-hmm. done is we've really made sure that our consumers know that we have um, that, that, of course, a number of our stores have drive throughs We want consumers to know that we have curbside pickup. So again, that's something new. You call you, or you can go online and order or you can call and, you know, pull up to the restaurant, give us a call, let us know you're there. We'll run our, your food out to you. And then mm-hmm. certainly the contactless um, uh, deliver, uh, delivery as well. So really trying to just employ those, those methods. Now at this point uh, we have um, we will take things on a case by case basis uh, with regarding any flexibility we do have. So there might be some stores that may not be able to have their dining rooms open uh, for a number of reasons. Right. And then other mm-hmm. stores may have their dining rooms open where guests can still come in, order, um, make payment, and then wait for their food and walk out. Uh, you know, whether that changes, you know, in the next 30 days, we'll see. Because again, yeah. it's changing so quickly. But the, what we want our guests to know is, you know, you can go online, you can order, uh, and you can get, you can certainly get cousin subs during this time. And you can get that brought to you through delivery or you can go and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Cousins customer, uh, you guys obviously have such a rich history in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, most folks I know from Wisconsin, Cousins is one of those staples that it, you know they just grew up with. Um, you have this extreme loyalty already kind of baked into the company. How do you tap into that to help support the company in these times? We do have, uh, we, we really are fortunate in that sense that we have this great history in Wisconsin. So, and, and what we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen certainly an outpouring of support from many of our guests, uh, you know, there, uh, to the extent that, you know, we, we've had, an, I've heard a number of stories where guests want to tip the employees, um, sometimes mm. tipping them like a hundred percent of, of the bill. Um, wow. to the employees because they want the employees to know that they are so appreciated during this time. So mm-hmm. I think that doesn't come without prior relationship building with the community, right? And prior connections with the community. So we've been around a long time, nearly 50 years. And I think that we've continued to hone that message where, you know, whether it's local at heart, uh, you know, believing in better, this idea that we really want to tap into more than just that sub sandwich, right? It's really getting into the psyche and, and, and drawing in people because we are a local business and we've been around for a long time. And, and not only are you going to get a great sub, you're going to get it by pe- from people who really care and who are really invested in, in the community. Yeah. So you and I are, are talking today, Tuesday, March 24th, and there's this effort to uh, the, the Great American Takeout. I'm sure you've seen uh, uh, all the the momentum that's really built up around that. It does seem like if you can rally people around sort of this common cause, 
people do want to support their restaurants. This is an emotional investment uh, that they have in their their local businesses, their favorite restaurants. And so there's some of this momentum building. Is there anything you can do through your communication to your customers to try to help tap into that too, to, to build this momentum and encourage people to get out to the restaurants? Well, I think it's just just really having good, clear-cut communication. So we launched a loyalty program at the beginning of the year, and it's been going really well. Uh, we get, we've get we been giving great uh, offers and incentives for joining loyalty. Uh, now you're, the incentive is that you'll get a free sub when you join the loyalty program. So we want, we want to encourage that, not just because we want we want people to be part of a loyalty program, but really because we want them to feel connected to our brand in a more significant way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to receive the communications about the business, whether that's new product offerings or whether it's, you know, things that we're doing during this very unique time. So I think what we are trying to do is just communicate and communicate clearly and effectively and regularly probably more so than we would typically in the past. And Mm. the thought behind that is there's so much information coming at people that we want them that we know that some people are just going to kind of check out. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that our emails and our guests aren't getting missed uh, because uh, because there's just they probably have been bombarded with all the communication they're receiving. Now we are we are giving them more communication, but we believe the likelihood then is that they'll see what's going on in our restaurants. Like for example, right. we're extending free delivery through the end of April. Initially it was March. Now it's the yeah. end of April. So you know, guests know, hey, free delivery, that's a great thing. And we want we just have to continue to communicate a clear and concise message for people so that they know, because again, there's just so much information coming at them. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I look at my email and your email, I'm sure is the same way. Every oh, headline yeah. is coronavirus. Every headline mm-hmm. is an update. So how can you cut through the clutter? Yeah, for sure. Communication, obviously, so important too for your team and not only folks at the headquarters, but your system of franchisees. I'm sure you have franchisees who have been in the system for for many, many years. What is your communication strategy to your operators and how are you keeping everybody kind of on that same page to make sure you're, you got your head down and are doing everything for the best of the business? That's a great question. And one thing that we've done, again, is to try to cut through the clutter. So Jason Westoff is my president, and he has really been the main point person for broadcast communication to our system. And how he does that is he will, he is the person that is sending out emails as mandates or regulations or municipalities or state government changes in how we can serve our guests. So he is the main communicator to our franchise community regarding that. He's the main communicator to our franchise community regarding things that we need to do in house, right? How can mm-hmm. we how can we sanitize differently? How can we operate differently? So they so so our our system knows that you know the main line of communication will come from Jason, and so when they see his email, it's likely a very important update regarding how we're operating our business or regarding the 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 coronavirus in general. At the mm. same time, it's not just through email. We've done a number of owners calls, so we are we have quickly become, uh, you know, a, um, kind of a, a workplace that is able to operate 
you know, not in the same building, not that we ever are anyway, but even within our own corporate support centers. So, you know, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll have schedule owner's calls. And then at the same time, he'll also schedule calls with just our franchise advisory council. So that's our leadership community of the franchisees. And again, just making sure that everything is transparent and frequent so that when, when, when get our franchisees or store operators may hear something in the news, they're going to kind of hold tight because they know that there's mm. going to be communication with more detail coming out from Jason. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I know that it's hard to to look around the corner, look past this season because there's obviously you're just kind of trying to get through every day and make sure that you can survive every day. But, you know, I, some people, as we talk about what comes next and, uh, you know, business in a world post coronavirus, you know, it seems like there's gonna be a lot that we'll have all learned through all of this. I'm wondering if you are thinking about that, if there's any lessons so far that you've learned that you're going to take with you into the future after this season has passed us. Yeah. And, and you're right, Sam, it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to look beyond this point right now because it is just such an incredible, it's just such an incredible time to be in right now. I mean, these are, nobody has lived through this before, right. You know, or at least in, in this kind of the current, the current uh, generation. So I think in terms of what we've learned is, you know, in, in terms of communicating in crisis, communicating, who is the best person to do that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know who, and and like in the case of say, I mentioned Jason's our main communicator. He's also our main communicator because he's very straightforward, and people don't mm-hmm. want a lot of extra time to read a lot of extra fluff in emails, right? So it's very straightforward and it's very honest and transparent. So it's, it's about making sure that we are continuing that, but it's also mm-hmm. making sure that we are stressing our plan enough. Um, now, again, I don't really ever want to stress my plan. <laughs> to account for sales decreases like this. I'm hopeful this is a once in a lifetime event. Um, Mm -hmm. But what it does is it will force us to uh, make sure that we look at how our stores are operating, right? How people are, do we have backups uh, who can take over in the event that we lose half of the labor? Are there backups Mm -hmm. to the backups? Like what do those plans look like? And while not everything can be executed according to a perfect plan, uh, you know, we can look at things differently, you know, again, so communicating, making sure that the communication is exactly where we want it to be, making sure that we have the right plans in place for future crises. Hopefully again, we'll never have this, but in the event that we do understanding what it is that we can do to make sure that our stores are staffed. And then certainly at some point continuing to drive the culture People are Mm -hmm. finding their very best right now. They're just doing whatever they can. We have employees who don't want to come to work because they are nervous about catching the virus. I understand that. We're working with employees. We have employees who say, please, I just want to come to work. I just want to, I have to, I want to come to work. We have other employees who can't come to work because they need to care for their kids. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in a slightly different situation. So we're really trying to work uh, individually with our Uh, the people that are operating the restaurants listen to their needs and then make adjustments as necessary because they are the backbone of the business. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Last question for you, Christine. Uh, you know, this is a, a heavy time, a, a pretty somber time. Um, but I've been asking all of our guests just to leave us with one bit of wisdom or encouragement. You know, we're all kind of looking for some sort of hope. We're looking for for some optimism. What is that one uh, bit of encouragement maybe you could leave some folks with? Well, I think that these aren't the end times, Okay, Mm -hmm. we will get through this. We will be stronger for this. We will look different because of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The restaurant industry will have fallout. Uh, I, I don't exactly know what our business will look like when we get to the other side, but we'll get to the other side. The curve Mm -hmm. is going to flatten. Things will calm down. People will get back to work and hopefully we will be able to do that and start to recover uh, so, you know, in a way, and, and one of our values at Cousin Subs is to be optimistic. And, and I don't mean to be blind to what's going on around me, but at the same time, that is a value that I think about on a pretty regular basis these days to think this is a very serious situation, but how can mm-hmm. we look at when we come out of it? What can things like, what can we learn? And, and knowing that we're going to come out of it. I mean, if you look at, if you listen to any credible economist, we're going to, we, there is another side of this. There is an end yeah. on this. So I think that it's difficult to see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we know it's there. We know that is, we know that that will come. We just don't know when. So we really have to hunker down, be diligent, methodical, and uh, just watch every penny, you know, mm-hmm. in the meantime until we can get out of it. But we will get out of it. And I'm very optimistic about that. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Christine. That's that is very uh, hopeful, very optimistic. I appreciate that. Appreciate your time. I know it's really busy right now, but um, be well, uh, stay healthy, and uh, good luck out there. Thanks for the opportunity, Sam. Really appreciate talking with you today. Yeah, take care. Thanks. <laughs>